creative people have a higher tolerance for that. We don't know how things are going to turn out. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but, but we do it because we're being moved by something, I think, bigger. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This week, I am sitting in a hallway in Hunter Mountain, New York, with Brenda McMorrow, another singer-songwriter, chant artist, bhakti yogi. I had the opportunity to connect with Brenda at Ahimsa Yoga and Music Festival this past weekend. So we found a little hallway to sit in and have a sweet conversation about Brenda's journey, her path, what led her to chanting and singing and down this path that she's currently on and it's a really sweet conversation but before we jump into the conversation i'm gonna let you all know some events that are going on i'm gonna keep this intro really short this week because i released a late edition of the coffee talk on tuesday so if you didn't hear that after you listen to this episode with brenda jump back and listen to the coffee talk but really quick If you want to practice Kundalini Yoga with me, you can every Wednesday night at Yoga Brain in East Falls from 6 to 7 p.m. I'm also offering a free and or donation-based meditation out of my house, out of my living room where I'm standing right now. Every Tuesday night at 7.30, we have a real sweet group of people that come and we do all different kinds of Kundalini meditations. We share some tea, we talk about our experiences, we talk about life, and it's really a great way to meditate and enjoy community so if you would be interested in that just send me an email joe at inspirecreatemanifest.com and i'll send you all the information about the meditations on friday december 13th i am teaching a two-hour workshop at yoga brain in east falls called the heart is a magnet and this workshop it's a kundalini yoga and meditation workshop we focus on the heart center we focus on heart kriyas, heart meditations to allow our heart to open and to really bring an elevated sense of emotion to our heart so that heart of ours can become a beautiful magnet that it already is and start drawing in all the goodness that the universe has for us. And I'm really excited about this next event. On December 21st, I am teaming up with my friends at the Philadelphia Yoga Exchange to offer a four-hour photo jam holiday party. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of yoga and fitness professionals getting together for about four hours. We all come at the same time. We all create images and everyone works together. It's like a mixer for the fitness and yoga industry. It's a great way to meet other people that are doing the same thing that you love. And we create photos, we talk, we have some, maybe some green juice. There may be some surprises this this session that's happening december 21st and it's from 12 to 4 p.m you can get all the information on the philadelphia yoga exchange's website eric burling owner of the philadelphia yoga exchange will be with us making sure everyone is in proper alignment and it really is it's a lot of fun to come out and to connect with other people that share your same passion that's doing the same thing that you do and it's a great way to just meet some new people and get some amazing images to promote you and your personal brand moving into 2020. 
Along with that, I'm also offering life coaching and transformational coaching sessions. So if you are interested in diving deeper into your passion, your purpose, your bliss, and you need a little help, a little guidance, a little direction, I'm doing free 30-minute to 60-minute discovery calls to see if we would be a good fit to work with one another. Everything right now is on a sliding scale, depending on what you're looking for and depending on your income. So I would love to work with you. I would love to help. I would love to keep you accountable, to hold you accountable to the goals that you have and to be your cheerleader and to ask you those hard questions to really start thinking about what it is that you want to do with this precious life that we have. So if you're interested in diving deeper and connecting with what it is that you feel is inside that you want to do, reach out, send me an email, joe at inspirecreatemanifest.com. Say, hey, I would love to connect and set up one of those discovery calls and start diving deep into the life that I want to live. And that's it. Short intro this week. Check out last week's Coffee Talk. Enjoy the episode with Brenda and be on the lookout for a whole bunch of other fun and exciting things coming your way really soon. Enjoy the episode, everyone. I'll talk to you all soon. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. I am in a hallway in Hunter Mountain with Brenda McMorrow or Mick. <laughs> Are you trying to say it the Canadian way or did you? <laughs> I want to say it the Canadian way, but. Okay, McMorrow. McMorrow. Well, no, it's that's British. <laughs> yeah, I think I do a better British. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I'm with Brenda McMorrow. <laughs> Kirtan extraordinaire. What do you refer to yourself as? Musician, Kirtan Walla? I always wonder these things. Hmm. Yeah. In um, this world. I often, if somebody says, oh, what do you do, uh, you know, for in a bank or something, um, I'll, because that happens all the time <laughs> in, in bank. banks. No. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'll say I'm a musician, or sometimes I'll say I'm a singer songwriter. Now, if it's in the context of, you know, people who know yoga or who are, um, kind of into this community mm-hmm. I would say I'm a, I'm a kirtan singer kirtan musician mm-hmm. kirtan wala it depends depends on my mood Joe ah right <laughs> well you know there's so many things that it can be like oh I'm a singer songwriter because you are you that's true you do that as well but it can be I'm a bhakti yogi yes that's true that could be another way to describe well I think because I, I I've been playing music uh, since the early 90s so I've gotten it kind of in my head that, oh, I'm a musician or I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. But the bhakti yogi definitely is part of, big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So how did, so since the early 90s, that means you haven't been doing it your whole life. How did music come into your reality? <laughs> well, you know, everyone's been doing music their whole lives. Well, really, sure. haven't we? <laughs> so I think I always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always loved to sing as a kid. And But, you know, I didn't ever take lessons. I played clarinet in grade 8 band mm-hmm. just for that one year. And uh, I sang in choir. But I was never really um, uh, interested in taking 
lessons. Mm. I, my dad had a guitar that he didn't know how to play either, but I would look at it, it would just be sitting there, <laughs> and I would pick it up, and I would think, why doesn't this thing play when I just pick it up? <laughs> but I would dream about playing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had these, I, I remember as a kid, you know, people, uh, I, I know my friends would practice their um, speech that they would say at the Oscars or, you know, things like that. And mm. I would practice my speech that I would say at the Grammys. Nice. <laughs> and that was before I was ever, you know, th- identifying as being a singer. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a dream of mine from when I was really young. But it wasn't until, I guess, in my early 20s that I started to do it. Um, I started to learn guitar then. So I thought I was old at that point to learn guitar, but I now think we all I've been playing it for like thirty years. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so I uh, yeah. So I have been loving music my whole life, but haven't haven't really been playing it with other people, um, in front of people and with them. Um, I I didn't start until my. 20s. In your 20s. Yeah. Was there what moved you to say, you know what, I'm actually going to learn how to play the guitar instead of just thinking it's going to play when I hold it? When I hold it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something just came upon me. It was like this feeling with, within me that said, play, learn to play this thing. I was actually uh, working as a counselor, no, well, as a, some kind of coordinator at a, at a day camp. Mm-hmm. for kids and um, I thought gee I would really love to be able to sing more songs with the kids maybe I'll start learning guitar to play these camp songs ah. and the, and also this just this feeling of wanting to be able to play the instrument was there mm-hmm. so I learned G C and D and would sing you know the, the big, big brown bear and and then um, eventually I just started to you know, play. Um, I was. I think it was "Fire and Rain" was by um, James Taylor. Uh huh. Um, I think that's who wrote it. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. I think that was one of the first ones that I actually like sang to a friend. Like, hey, I learned this song, and then it just started happening. Um, and it took a while. Like one, once I started to learn guitar, mm-hmm. I realized I have to. And people told me as well, I have to practice this every single day in order to get it. Because at first, it's a. Do you play guitar at all? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like and at first, it's really hard. Super hard. Mm-hmm. And your fingers hurt so bad. Oh, your finger! It kills. <laughs> <laughs> and to anyone out there who's wanting to learn, it's so worth it. It is. Yeah, the pain is worth it. Um, and the singing and playing, did you do that all at the same time? Because that was one of the things like, oh, I'm learning how to play the guitar, but I really want to sing, but I can't sing and play the guitar at the same time quite yet. How is this happening? Right. Well, I think because singing was always the thing I wanted to do the most. Mm -hmm. For some reason, even when I was first playing, I was always singing along as I was playing the guitar. So it was a symbiotic thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mine slowly came later. After later, after I learned the C, G, and E, yes. yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I'll get these three. I'll figure something out. Yeah, but it's so much fun. Like I'll find myself now just sitting and playing, not singing, but just kind of like finger picking and like mm. totally just lose myself. Like oh wow, I just sat here for an hour, not really making sense of anything, but oh. just got lost and like literally like one repetitive. Yeah. Chord progression over and over and over again. It's so, wow. it it's, is quite meditative. It is meditative. It's so healing. Music is such a great gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
were you a yogi at the time or when did that come into hmm. when did this all take shape you're yeah. like you know what i'm gonna start chanting the names of god yeah. <laughs> I, it was like i was more surprised than anybody when i realized that's what i was going to start doing because i'd been playing um at the point when i first heard a chant mm-hmm. for the very first time which was in 2004 i had already been playing music professionally f- for about 15 no uh, 13 years and um, so a friend took me to a uh, yoga I had just started doing yoga asana Mm -hmm. like I had maybe been to five classes they weren't playing any mantras in the class so I'd never heard it but I started doing it for the fitness reasons Uh and a friend who was going also to that yoga school she called me up and said um there's this workshop and it's something to do with music and yoga and I thought you might want to go since you're a musician and you just started doing yoga so I thought sure so I went and there was this man named Yogi John and he was sitting he had a guitar and a harmonium Mm -hmm. and he started playing and I remember and I I tell this to people in my workshops because sometimes people when they first hear kirtan they get like kind of uncomfortable, like what's going on here? And they mm-hmm. want to leave. Well, I can relate because I seriously thought, how can I get out of here without anyone noticing? Like, thank God I was not wanting to offend anyone because I stayed. But I, I was like, well, what have I gotten myself into? But by the second chant, which was Om Namah Shivaya, mm-hmm. now I I could never I could never describe in words to you what happened, but. Um, a, a huge it was it was like a lightning bolt came down it was um, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the kind of music that I was now going to do and that. it was so deep mm-hmm. I really I think at that point it was one of my first experiences of, of realizing that the mind and the actual truth are two different things mm-hmm. like there that that the mind can be in in um, in its own little world telling its own story I really saw that mm-hmm. at that point I, I was like the mind right away jumped in I had this deep knowing the mind jumped in and said well you don't know anything about it like I remember it sounded so different from the knowing voice if there was a voice mm-hmm. you know it, it was like you don't know anything about it you know you're just some white girl from Canada and you you know you how would you ever do it? Like, that's silly. Like, mm-hmm. All those things. But it was such a deep knowing that it didn't matter what my mind was saying. It did not matter at all. But I noticed it, for sure. And so I thought, okay, well, I've got some uh, <laughs> learning to do. <laughs> right. It's like, like, oh, right, a whole other language I'm going to, a whole I'm going to dive other into. Language. I, didn't, I don't even think I knew what this was called. Like, I didn't know what kirtan was. He probably had said it, but I, I didn't register it. Mm-hmm. Um, mantra was the first time I'd ever heard that. So it was a pretty amazing moment. It was pivotal. It absolutely changed my life. And so um, the first CD that I bought was CD Krishna by Wa. And I listened to it over and over and over and over again. I was, I could not stop, you know, it was mm-hmm. amazing. And then I, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I could go on and on because the journey was <laughs> really interesting, but I, does that answer your question about how it <laughs> yeah, started? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's yeah. so amazing that just that one class, like that mm-hmm. one time 
really changed everything. It changed everything for sure. I love it when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd say that in my, my Kundalini experience because I took a yoga class and I did not like it at all. Oh, interesting. And I mostly didn't like it because of my ego, because I was this, I, I played football in college and I thought I was this big, strong man. <sighs> and I remember we were inside plank and I was the only guy in class. And all the ladies are just like, la da 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 da. Wow. And my whole body was shaking. Oh. And I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And seriously, this is the worst thing. Because I was just, you know, I'm like, how can wow. I be the strong man? And all of these women are just like, it's like they're like feathers. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, I'm never going to class again. Right. And then this Kundalini teacher showed up, and I also love to sing. And she was like, the music is fun and sing-songy. And we close our eyes. And I'm like, oh, we close our eyes. No one's going to see me. And I can sing along to these songs. And the Kundalini mantras are kind of very, like, Waheguru, Waheguru, Waheguru. You know, really, so easy to catch on to. Not like I'm trying to learn the Hanuman Chalisa. (laughs) You know, like, what is he saying? (laughs) So it was like, you know, after the third repetition, I'm like, oh, I got this. And my eyes are closed and I'm singing along. Like, this is the best thing ever and wow. then I felt super stoned yeah. after class right. so I'm like I'm, I'm going back all the time I get to sing I don't have to do anything and I'm going to feel super stoned <laughs> like yeah. where has this been yeah. and that's like I joke there's but no I'm, come down right I'm like that's totally what, what sucked me in it was mm-hmm. like I'm getting this amazing high I'm connecting with something yeah. that I've never experienced before Yeah. And, and I got to sing along and no one knows that I'm singing because everybody's eyes are closed. Wow. And it just, that, that, that got me. Yeah. Yeah. Those moments are amazing when at first you realize the power Mm -hmm. of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, can I get that same exact feeling to happen? Every time. <laughs> That's right. Every time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, yeah, and then our sort of our feeling of wanting a particular thing to be a particular way can come in. And mm-hmm. of course, this experience can vary for sure. Right. Yeah. And then stuff comes up that's hard and it's not such a blissful experience sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, tough stuff coming up out of the trenches, out of the corners. Right. It's such you a great release. It is a great that, release. But it's, yeah. it's, there was, a meme floating around this past week that a friend sent me and it was like when you're on your spiritual awakening the symptoms that you actually experience and it was like depression anxiety yes. loneliness you have no idea what's going on oh it's so true i mean it's uh, i i often it doesn't happen every time but very frequently i've had people come up to me after a workshop or a, a kirtan um and they might still be crying or they may have just stopped crying and they they look bewildered like they're like I don't know what happened I don't know why I'm crying mm-hmm. because I think we have such an aversion for to emotion especially sadness or mm-hmm. or anything like that in our culture that when it starts to come up when we're chanting it's like well, I need to push this back down but I always reassure them that it's this is a very good thing right this we're is getting letting, up and out and, yes. and letting it come up and to be seen and to dissolve and just to honor it and it's um, it's such a cathartic thing to mm-hmm. be able to have happen I started telling people in my classes I was like Kundalini has this wonderful way of making you look at the things 
that you stopped trying to look at like 10 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, so when you experience that wetness <laughs> flowing down your cheeks, it's okay. It's yeah. you just moving through that block that. It's so true. And you know, I'm just remembering right now, um, David Newman, our mutual friend and who was on your podcast <laughs> and I loved it. Thank um, you. David Newman, um, I remember him saying once, and I, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something about how this practice of bhakti yoga, because it's in the realm of the heart, it's, it's, a, it's a safe, uh, nourishing, nurturing place mm-hmm. for people to be able to have these things come up. Like it's a safe place. It's, um, I think sometimes if we're in the, really in the realm of the intellect and, and painful things arise we might not feel as supported mm-hmm. um and but because we're in the heart or in the above that mood um there's more support and more of a um an encouragement or an allowance within ourselves to let that happen mm-hmm. yeah it's a really a safe container that mm-hmm. people like you are creating mm. for everyone that comes to sit down to sing and chat with you. It's like not, and David and I talked about, it's like ah, having that ability to go to that space where you're creating such an energy, but also holding that container yeah. for everyone else, yeah. which is intense to feel all of it coming right back at you, you know, like <laughs> yeah. every line you say, it's coming right back. Yeah. Yeah. But by a whole bunch of people. a whole bunch of people, which is a really, it, it's a great gift for us as mm-hmm. well as it, it, it also requires us to, to be able to manage our, our own energy and the space so that it's not overwhelming as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. I, um, someone just recently was, at, it was actually at a workshop. Uh, somebody asked, well, how do you, how do you prepare for a kirtan and what do you do beforehand? And I, I realized that something that I always do is, and if I don't, I do it kind of retroactively <laughs> I don't know that sounds bizarre but mm-hmm. I'll do it re- retroactively I'll I'll give a, a hug to everybody who's there an energetic hug mm-hmm. to everybody who's there or if I if I think of it before the event I do it to anyone who's thinking of coming or anyone who's on their way and so it's just sort of this I visualize it and and there's a hug and so there's sort of this like feeling of okay we're we're all here in this together, in this space of, of love and, and being held. Mm-hmm. And, and it helps me to just get grounded and to, to, to land and to feel that being held as well. And, and then kind of go from there. And then you take off. Yeah. And then we take <laughs> off and it is, it is, it's a, it's an important balance to be able to take off and be in that energy, but also be, be grounded and rooted through the whole thing. Do you have, do you do any kind of grounding practice to keep you grounded when you're not on stage? Because again, like chanting for a couple hours, you're gonna, even if you're holding space, you're still, that energy is still moving through you. So is there anything? Yeah. um, So beforehand, if I'm feeling a little bit, um, you know, excited or nervous, you know, sometimes I think excited and nervous can be uh, misidentified. Like, you know, sometimes I'll think, oh, I'm nervous, but really it feels like excitement. And, and it's, um, so if I'm feeling just this like, ah, feeling, (laughs) whatever we want to label. And if we don't want to label it, there's this feeling that feels a little bit ungrounded. Um, I, um, I do a 
particular yoga pose and I'm trying to think of what the name the Sanskrit name of it is and I don't know but it's when you you squat right down and, and put your your elbows um, like a goddess in, or a low squat it's very low like low squat and and do a pranam putting the hands together um, but getting as low to the ground as possible but while while squatting mm-hmm. and, and and sort of pressing the um, the knees the inside of the knees with the uh, with the elbows and just really connecting to the earth. I'll, I'll do that. Um, I've, I'm also a fan of tapping. So just doing the, um, the tapping on the top of the head, over the eye, just to get the meridians sort of balanced. I don't even know if that's what's happening, but uh-huh. um, like if that's the, ta- the, t- right. the description. But for me, if I do the that like through my, over my head and my, my um, uh, on the chest and the side and on the hands, I'm just so much calmer at the end of that. So that's always a great way just mm. to do it. So sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just feel grounded when I go. Now in the middle of a kirtan, if I'm feeling like, whoo, I'm really <laughs> starting to feel like I'm going out there. I, um, I always keep a, a photo of Ramana Maharshi mm-hmm. um, facing me when I'm singing. So I get, I, if I look down at Ramana's eyes, I, I tend to come back. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's one of the things in it with the my Kundalini teaching as well that I'm, I find myself like, if I'm having the students do spinal flexes, I'll do spinal flexes to kind of keep that energy going. Great. But then I'm like, I kind of have to be like, okay, stay here, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Go, it's a balance. You can't go there. <laughs> that's right. Um, so for everyone that's listening, I don't know if you just heard as Brenda was talking, there was apparently there's drumming. <laughs> there I, is. I think we may be it below may a, uh, a, a drumming circle class. We are at a yoga and music festival. I don't know if I said yeah. that before. I don't know if you did. We're at a Himsa fest, which is amazing. Yes. I'm having a wonderful time here. Yeah. Um, so if you hear background noise, that's all it is. That's, Everybody. It's, yeah, that's right. It's just, we're just dealing with the drum circle that's above us apparently which was great love it (laughs) so you uh, your new album is called it's called chidananda chidananda yes which means consciousness truth oh or sorry consciousness bliss (laughs) 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 that's funny um you know most mostly we hear the term sat chidananda Mm -hmm. which is truth consciousness bliss and in um a song that is on the album it's the nirvana shatkam it's the song of the self the big s self mm-hmm. um written by shankaracharya um and i i wrote a melody to it in it it, it says chidananda rupa shivoham shivoham I, I am the form of consciousness and bliss mm-hmm. so the the sat the truth part is not actually in there <laughs> usually it is and it, it is inherent in it of course but chidananda is um is in that song and i decided that or i felt i don't even know sometimes i think do i really ever make decisions like it's really like when it comes to music it doesn't feel like decisions it's just like i kind of wait until i know that's what it is and and that's when chidananda came mm-hmm. to to mind i was like oh that's it that's it i had a this long list of possible titles uh-huh. for the uh, for the album and then when that popped in i was like oh got it it's like you just know it's that's like, it oh. yeah yeah I love it when consciousness bliss Mm-hmm. Uh, and the album is officially out. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, I'm so excited. That's it's awesome. really it. It feels like you know a baby's been born. I'm sure it's not 
quite the same, but for me, you know, that that creation of something coming into the world, it's mm-hmm. I liken it to a child. It feels it is. like it. it's definitely. I mean, yeah. you work on it for how long? Well, yeah. I mean, albums are interesting because they they seem to come together in a certain amount of time, which actually this one came together super fast. Mm-hmm. However, the songs themselves um, have been written over the last two and a half, three years. So that's how long. And then, you know, they're incubating and gestating even longer than that before they right. even come into song form, I'm sure. So, but yeah, this one was super fast. I started, um, well, actually, the I, I knew that an album was coming because it had been um, since 2015. Uh, my last album, My Heart Bows Down to You, was in 2015. I, f- I could feel like, okay, it's time. And people were asking for particular songs. They're like, where can we get it? And I'm like, well, it's going to come on an album soon. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't yet felt the absolute inspiration to do it. And I knew that that would come. And... Um, <clears throat> I actually, the first inkling was when I was standing in a, an art gallery in front of an incredible spiral painting, this really big painting, and my friend said, oh, stand right there, I'm going to take a photo, it looks so cool, like that spiral in the universe coming out of your head, and I'm like, oh, awesome, so he takes the photo, and as soon as I saw the photo, I went, oh my god, that's the album cover, and and so I thought, well, then I better make an album because we've got the album cover. So I ended up buying the piece of art and getting the rights from the wonderful artist Dan Schmidt to uh, use it. And I had a photographer do the photograph for the mm-hmm. cover. And um, and the so it really it all began like that. That the the present uh, the the last three months of of work kind of all started with that inspiration from my friend Michael. And um, yeah, so then I did the crowdfunding campaign, which was such a success, and I'm so grateful. I can't, I can't describe how grateful I am. 375 people took part in it. They wanted the album to come. And they, they contributed. They did all. Kind, it was amazing. And it's, but while it was happening, we were actually recording it because I just. I really believed it was going to be a success. Yeah. So I went to California and worked with Warren Hewitt and, and some amazing musicians and did the album. Um, and it's just been like so fast, all of it. And now it's out. And um, I'm really happy. I'm excited. Oh, congratulations. Thank I think you. we are in this like sped up um, timeline, we'll it say, like that it. we're on. That like yeah. when you're doing the good things, it's just like, okay, here, here you go. Here you <laughs> Now's okay. the time. It's ready to go. Yeah, um, it's really interesting because I, I thought, well, I, I don't think I would plan to do it this fast. Like, it, it seems kind of crazy, but it, it wanted to come out like that, mm-hmm. it seemed. so. And the universe allowed it. It did. It, it really supported it every step of the way. I'm mm-hmm. really grateful. Yeah. yeah. I recently did a crowdfunding, and it was so emotional. Mm-hmm. All the things. Just asking. Yeah, yeah. For help was that I didn't really... I knew but I didn't realize to the fullest extent of how emotional it would be. Nor did I really realize that once I hit, okay, this is live, that then I had to keep doing it every day. Every day. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not just asking once. Oh, you're asking every day. I know it's really... So for everyone that has contributed, thank you. I appreciate you all. Um, It was also a success. It was great. Yeah. 
but it was so congratulations thank you it was so much hard work it is it's a lot of work and it's a very vulnerable place to be for sure mm-hmm. you know i i think as as creative people we um we do so much on our own um and Our culture, even though it does celebrate creativity in some ways, in other ways, it's it doesn't really support it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so people are, you know, you hear about the the starving artist that that archetype or that that um, image, and it's like I I wonder why does it have to be that way that that people believe it has to be like that or Mm -hmm. or that it's come to be that. And um, I think crowdfunding is an amazing way to to get a get around that to celebrate creativity and to access like people's love of creativity and mm-hmm. how they want to support it right you know and so i just feel like oh this is uh, it's such a relief because mm-hmm. we do we we slog away at this with love in our hearts but it it can be a, a ton a ton of work and to feel that appreciation from people of what we do is it's like I I cried many times during my campaign. <laughs> same, same. And I feel like my life totally shifted from the start to the end. And yeah. it gave me a whole new perspective on everything that I'm doing. It's true. But then also opened me up to start doing even more Great. than what I thought I would be doing. Yeah. Be- yeah. And just to know that people believe in what you're doing and they want it. Mm-hmm. They want it in their lives, and they appreciate you. It's, it's just very affirming. You know, we're, we're, as creative people, we do it because it flows through us. We don't have a choice often. Mm-hmm. But there is something beautiful about the affirmation from others. It's like, oh, good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know it in my heart, but it is really nice to hear it from you guys. <laughs> right. A couple of months ago, there was an article out about asking photographers for free work Mm. and I was like you have to stop asking photographers for free work because they're always going to say yes because they love what they're doing right and it's hard for them to say no because we love it so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like oh wow like it was such because it wasn't like the typical I'm going to beat the whole idea of stop asking for free work it was like Mm -hmm. these artists are saying yes because they love what they do right so really remember that when you're yeah, asking that's right yeah yeah it's, there were um socan which is the equivalent of uh, bmi mm-hmm. in uh, canada it's our royalty body um had put out um a bus or streetcar billboards and um and it said something i can't remember exactly what it was but it was something about you know if you ask a musician to play for free they always will, but then it, it goes on to say, um, you know, but they should be paid for what they do or something like this. But a number of musicians actually took issue with that campaign, and they took the campaign down. They said, "Don't keep saying that musicians will play for free, even though, of course, we love what we do. We need to be, you know, valued. We need to be able mm-hmm. to pay our rent and to be valued as as um, important." you know, contributors to society and to the health of our society. So it, it was it was just an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah, of course, we will do it for free, but uh, don't promote that. Right, right, exactly. There's... And there are times, of course, when it makes sense, especially at a benefit or something. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. There's a, a, a gentleman that I, f- I follow on social media, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm, I don't and know. he's he's just like a social media, he's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And 
like hugely now and he's amazing and he's doing a lot of things and he's really a loving businessman mm-hmm. which is new i think in our society to have an actual like businessman that really cares about people and he puts out a lot of free content and he was always on this kick of just do free work do free work mm-hmm. and I'm like you have to stop saying just do free work mm-hmm. because people are going to expect the free work mm-hmm. um, there's a time and a place for the free work yeah for sure but for it sure. can't all be free work <laughs> right. not yet not at all. least you know once this yeah. whole you know money paradigm falls well, away and that's that is a really good point because as we're saying this it is within the paradigm of where we do need a cash flow to come in in order to to live and to um you know pay our bills um but yeah it would be really wonderful it will be really wonderful when that shifts yeah mm-hmm. um so you also just recently wrote an article about creativity. Yes. And seven tips, eight tips? Seven. I think there were seven. Seven, seven ways that we can... Um, st- I can't remember the title of the... Do you have it there? Of the... <laughs> that we chose. It, it is. Live true or play safe. Seven ways to move forward to move your creative dreams forward. I love that, live true or play safe. Yes, actually that title was written by my friend Tamika Shilby who has David Tree School of Yoga and and this is who I wrote the article for. And so she came up with that title. And yeah, live true or play safe. And it is about that, about how how can we meet that place in us that wants to be safe and to to hold back um, and then step uh, out of that Mm -hmm. and take risks and be willing to um, put ourselves out there, be willing to make a fool of ourselves, you know? <laughs> every time, I, I feel like every time I sing, I'm taking a risk that something could, could, go, could go wrong. You know, especially when I first started, then a lot more things did actually, you know, kind of fumble or, or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still that possibility is there. And, um, but I had to just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. So the article is quite a bit about that. Yeah, you just yeah. have to just just start. Just and start. Yeah, there was a, a term called the de, heighten your your uh, your tolerance for uncertainty, and I can't remember where I heard that, um, but whoever came up with it, I thank them. Um, the the tolerance for ins- uncertainty when. I think creative people have a higher tolerance for that. We don't know how things are going to turn out. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but but we do it because we're being moved by something, I think, bigger right. than what our mind is telling us at any, any given moment. And I have found typically when we do cross that threshold of fear, hmm. then everything it's like we get this wave of goodness that comes to us. It's so, it's absolutely but so you have true. to, you have to take that step. I know, it, you really do. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, that's easy for you guys to say. You know, Joe, you, you do this amazing photography. You've got your podcast. You do all these creative things. Or, Brenda, you play music professionally. It's easy for you guys to say. But it does. It's not. doesn't just apply to people um, like us who do this as our as our living, mm-hmm. it, it applies to everybody. Like being creative, 
at home for an hour is so inherently satisfying. You know, it doesn't have to be on a big scale. Mm -hmm. Like I, I recently have started drawing and it's something I'd never like, well, actually, you know what? Interesting that I'm saying this. I did dream about doing that like as a teenager, but I always thought I can't draw. So I just never did it. Mm -hmm. So now I do it. I just do it for myself. And it is so awesome just to do it for me. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if I'll ever show it to anyone. I think I, you know, I showed it to my best friend, but you know, I, I, I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. But I needed to step over that feeling that I needed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, um, and maybe it will be important for me to show a few more people at some point just so that I can push myself a little bit right. over the edge because <laughs> it's good mm -hmm. I think, to push ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that, that space. It's funny that you, you said that about drawing. I come from a family of artists mm. that can draw and paint. Oh. I cannot. <laughs> right. And I really thought that I wasn't an artist yeah. because I couldn't do, oh, yes. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And then when I found photography, I'm like, oh, uh oh, I don't have to draw a straight line. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And then in art school, a professor, it was just a, like a basic drawing class. And he was like, I want everyone to draw with your left hand. Oh. And I felt so free. He was like, I have no control over my left hand, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, that's such a great, yeah. And then it just became like this, like for that whole semester, it became like this drawing meditation with my left hand. Amazing. Because I, like it kind of like removed all of the fear, like is this good or not? I'm like, it's my left hand. I don't even, I, I don't use that. I hand. don't. You, that's so. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Because with the right hand, you think, well, it should be able to do this or that or the other thing. Like because of all the ideas we have about our dominant hand and mm -hmm. what it should be able to do. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So if you're listening out there, do some free doodling, some free sketching with your, with left, your left hand. hand. I'm certainly what, going to see what happens. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it with charcoal because it it was a little more freeing yeah yeah as well and then she's like oh oh this is fun yes well and i think when groups of people get together uh to sing but they they start by just doing the toning you know where everybody's just making sounds randomly or you know whatever without any need to follow a melody it, that can be so liberating just mm -hmm. to sound that instantly made me feel scared even just toning. Yeah. yeah. And I yep. love yeah. to sing, but just the idea of being in a room and having to make sounds. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. Like I got such this fear of right. like, oh, what, what kind of sound would I make? Right. Right. Hey, that's a really good point. Because for some people it might be really freeing, but I can just imagine that it could be like, what if I make a sound that's really awful or too loud? or So, yeah, facing all of that and doing it anyway but wow. yeah so earlier you've mentioned a couple times uh workshops that you teach mm -hmm. what kind of workshops are they well it can vary um i'm actually just starting one on wednesday it's my seventh annual uh bhakti heart fire kirtan academy um it's in london ontario and it's five and a half days it's a 50-hour yoga alliance accredited um uh, course for david tree school of yoga mm -hmm. and um it's great. I think we have like 25 people so far that are going to be coming together to, um, we, we just, we, we go over all kinds of things like the history of mantra and kirtan. We, uh, do a main, like 
just delve right into mantras in a big way, a way that's harder uh, to do in a short period of time. We can mm-hmm. really sink in. Um, and we form bands, and the, the bands um, uh, create songs together and then play them and, and share the kirtan songs with the group. It's really quite phenomenal. And, you know, I was very inspired again by our friend David Newman. I assisted his kirtan college back in 2008 mm-hmm. and, um, and and just loved it. And, and so many, many years later, I started to share it in Ontario. And so that's something that I do every year. And it's amazing so it's so inspiring it sounds like it's so much fun it's so much fun you should come joe i should come my gosh (laughs) what are you doing on wednesday (laughs) so yeah so there's that um i do um workshops for i have one called true being through chanting and it's an introduction to Mm. the art and practice of kirtan um and i do the many faces of the divine feminine so we really focus on the feminine chants uh mantras that dedicated to lakshmi saraswati kali durga shakti Mm. um so you know it it just really depends on what uh, what is wanted uh, in any given moment and if i feel that I can share, um, then I'll develop something. Um, and, and you know, it's amazing because I'm I'm always learning in a huge way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would take many many lifetimes to to really know uh, even like half of what there is to know about this incredible practice of of mantra recitation of kirtan of bhakti yoga. So I'm learning the whole the whole way along and I just feel really really lucky to be able to share mm-hmm. what I have learned and then t- to keep learning. I learned so much at the workshops themselves. Right. It's incredible. And that's one of the best ways to learn it by is. teaching. By teaching and yeah. Yogi Bhajan would say to become a master at something you teach it. Right. And you know cuz then you really dive in and then everything mm-hmm. is coming back from the students really because I walk out of class and I'm like oh wow they just taught me so much in there <laughs> yes it's so true it's really it's so true and then all the research that we do to prepare and learning from the actual masters mm-hmm. it's um yeah I feel really blessed to be able to do it so who taught you all of this since since you went from oh I was just at a workshop I'm gonna I'm gonna totally rock this out yeah now. right so the, the process <laughs> how did you start learning yeah well so the, my process has been that when I walked out of that workshop and thought I just don't even know where to begin I, I, I somehow found the was CDs started listening to that and ended up moving to Korea within probably about four months South Korea around yeah, four months after this workshop, and which was an amazing gift because it it brought me even closer to India. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, so I was when I, I got to South Korea and I was doing voiceover work there, which we were talking a little bit about earlier. Mm-hmm. I was doing voiceover work, and um, I would do that. I'd go around to all these different studios during the day, and then I'd come home at night, and all I would do was read this uh, book that I had ordered, uh, and it was called Healing Mantras by Thomas Ashley Ferrand. Highly recommended. And it became, and I still have it, it's all tattered and worn. Mm-hmm. And, and I also ordered... Um, Jai Utal, uh, amazing Jai Utal, who's actually playing here at yes, Ahimsa. Yes, he is. Um, he has uh, a, a beautiful CD called Kirtan. Um, 
if I could remember the title of the CD, but in 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 the on the album, it's a double disc. At the time, it, you actually still bought CDs, right? And I ordered. I remember it. those days? Yes, <laughs> it's a double album where he talks about Kirtan. So I was learning from him then. I um, then just I, I mean we've got to bring David into this uh, interview or into this podcast about. Three more times, at least, I think. Sure, right? yeah, we of should. course. There's so much more to talk about. There is. Actually, yeah. We have a lot to talk about. The about next David time you're in Philadelphia, we'll, we'll all get together <laughs> and, right. and we'll do a, a, a awesome. group one. That would be awesome. Well, so, but I have to say, David Newman um, was definitely my, my first biggest teacher. I was um, in Seoul and I was ready, I was feeling ready to start sharing a bit of kirtan. I didn't know what to do. So I Googled, I don't know if there's such a thing as Google back in 2006, but, Ash um, Jeeves. Something. <laughs> I don't know where um, I just pulled that from. Oh, Jeeves. Is there kirtan in Seoul, South Korea? I know. Ask Jeeves. I remember that. And, and I looked up and it, I had Morgan doctor and I was like, who's Morgan doctor. So she's an amazing drummer who was doing some kirtan with Tina Park in Seoul. Then I look up Morgan Doctor and who she was playing with. I see these videos with this guy named David Newman and Mira. And Mira and Mira and David Newman have these amazing videos from his first album, Into the Bliss, I believe, or from, from that album. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it was his first one. And they're gorgeous. There's Filippo Franchini is in it, Mira David. Morgan, they're in this beautiful house, and there's these songs, and I couldn't even believe what I was hearing and seeing, and I would just watch these videos, listen to these songs, going, who are these people? They're like my heroes, mm-hmm. and and um, and it's interesting, because I think David and I came from a similar kind of background for a kind of music that we would write and play, and mm-hmm. similar, and so I really related to him, and I, um, <laughs> I have to tell you this story, so I I was really inspired by them. And I am still living in Korea, and I realized I have got to make an album. And I kind of did it in this weird way. I was going to make this album and then start touring doing Kirtan. Mm-hmm. So I um, was listening to uh, another one of Jai's albums, and I'm like, oh my gosh, whoever produced this, I need that person. So I went into what they call a PC bang. It means a, it's a room, a PC room in Seoul. I, I search, I ask Jeeves, uh-huh. <laughs> producer, Jai Utah. Up comes Ben Leinbach. And I'm like, okay, Ben Leinbach, look, up, look him up. And somehow I find his phone number and I call him from that little cubicle. And I leave a message and then I send him an email. I say, I'm going to be on a stopover in San Francisco on my way from Seoul to Toronto on these dates or on this date. And I thought I can change, I can extend it if I need to. He says, I have a two week window open right then. So let's do it. So I send him the songs. He's like, he, he well, first he sent, he listened to the songs and, and then he said, let's do it. I think he wanted to make sure they, <laughs> what is she, what is, what is she all about? And, um, I stopped and okay, so I get there. I'm I'm doing the music with um, Ben, and we have a night off. And he said, "You know what you should do tonight? Because I'm going to be with my family. Go into the city because there's this guy, he's a Kirtan artist named David Newman, playing." And I'm like, "You are kidding me!" So I go. And I'm like so nervous after. I'm like, I have to talk. So I'm like, hi, hi. Uh, ben Leinbach says hi. And so David and Mira are just so gracious. And okay, so just to 
to go back a bit in the videos mm-hmm. I would see Filippo playing and, and I hear him uh-huh. and Filippo Franchini and I would look and go oh my god that's I need somebody like that to play on my album like mm-hmm. I really need somebody like that so I go to the bathroom after the kirtan and down the hallway there's Filippo he had just played and there he is and he said to me he thought I was going to like he didn't know what was going to happen he, he said I looked I had a wild look in my eyes <laughs> and I looked and I said do you want to play on my album and he's like well I the, let me hear your stuff I like these discerning people who want to hear the music first but mm-hmm. he came and played on my album Wow. How about so I, it was like a dream come true. So anyway, and then David and Mira invited me to come to Kirtan College. I assisted them at it. And it was just, it's been, it's been quite a journey. That's so, awesome. And I've learned, you know, and then I ended up, um, before doing that, though, of course, I spent time in India and I took um, some courses there. I did some workshops and um, learned from Dr. Ritwik Sanyal, uh, from Sylvia Nakat. She's an amazing teacher. Um, um, and spent a lot of time there uh, just steeping in the traditions. Um, there's so many other people that I've learned from. You know, I could go on and on, but it's just, it's. I feel inspired all the time by the people who, who yeah. are doing this and who know so much. You know? I love those synchronicities and how that happens. Mm-hmm. It's, it's another thing. I think like when you make that decision, like this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm everything just starts falling into place. Yeah. So to be there and yeah. oh by the way David is playing. <laughs> yeah, you know like great. the chances I of know. that. Yeah. Of everything lining up perfectly. That's yeah. awesome. It's a really beautiful thing the way it all the way it all unfolds. And here we are. I know. In a in a random hallway. In a random a, hallway that should we tell everyone it said authorized personnel only? It did. We are but the no, we got permission. Personnel. We did get permission. It's true, but we are authorized. We are the authorized personnel. <laughs> um, thank you so much for taking the time to sit in the hallway with me. Oh, you're, it's been such a pleasure. About, thank you, Joe. About everything. I love your podcast. Thank you for doing oh, it. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real joy to be able to do this and just yeah. share so many amazing people with everyone that listens yeah. you know because we're all doing the same thing we're raising the vibration waking people up i say that in the best way <laughs> that's right <laughs> not like in the middle of the night shaking them and waking right, them up like right, right. In, in in yeah <laughs> so you all can start going out and doing whatever you want to do that's really you, you know what i want to inspire people to do with this yeah. like what yeah. does that little voice inside say? Yeah. What do you want to do? Like, obviously, you weren't always a kirtan artist. No. And then it happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I took some risks and, you know, and just followed the, the feeling, followed mm. the, the deeper knowing. Right. And I think the quieter we can get our minds to, to go, um, the, the more those, the, those actual inspirations can rise up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on a big kick of really just trying to get people to give yourself the gift of time. Mm. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, yeah. but give yourself five minutes a day oh, yeah. and just see what starts to happen. 
It's amazing how even a short amount of time can open up so much. Mm-hmm. Really do it, everybody. Do it. Do it. So where can everybody find you? Where can they find your music? Where can well, they you know, start rocking out with you? Can, <laughs> <laughs> well, they can come down to Ahimsa. Oh, although the podcast won't be aired by, by right. this time. But um, if you go to my website, brendamcmorrow.com, it has all of my um, upcoming dates. I'm going to India. So come to India with me. We're doing another retreat there in February. Nice. So I don't know when this will air, but if if it's in the next month or so, then there'll mm-hmm. still definitely be time to register for that. So that's on my website as well, to South India. Um, and then, uh, you know, really the music is on any platform. All, all, all the streamings. Yep. All the, st- absolutely everywhere. It's on Bandcamp, White Swan Records, um, Amazon. And so I, I really appreciate it when people seek out the music and add it to their their uh, playlists and to their lives. And I'm really grateful for, for comments and messages. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. I will link you up in all of the show notes. Thank you so much, Joe. I really this appreciate you taking the time today to, I appreciate to chat. you taking the time and for inviting me. Awesome. Yay. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I will talk to you sometime soon. Yay.